this is Bobby Rempke from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. A show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, share your take about live fire happenings, perhaps your own experiences over this past weekend, what have you. Here's your contact info. Hold on a second. I don't have that one unmuted. And here's your contact info. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 13 minutes from now. He is a longtime running sponsor of this show. Dare I say one of, if not, uh, well, it's not the most, oh my God, I can't believe what I almost let come out of my mouth. He is by far one of the longest-running sponsors of this show. Not the longest-running sponsor, but by far one of the longest-running sponsors of the show. He makes a product that especially if you are a lover of the pellet cooker, if you're not familiar with who he is, you definitely want to go ahead and make sure that you are on board with at least getting to know his product because short of the cooker... His product is second most important. First most important thing about the pellet cooker is that it's a pellet cooker. Second are the pellets, and that's Chris Becker and CookingPellets.com making his triumphant return back to the Barbecue Central show. So looking forward to talking with Chris and seeing what's new in the pellet world. We'll also talk about any new products that he might have coming up and what business is like. I think we can all agree that from a very high level, especially when it comes to backyard stuff, I don't know if we've ever seen the show or, well, the show, of course, but the industry at itself has been on such a high rise. And everybody wants to be cooking the best barbecue and grilling the best foods possible. They're taking classes. They're finally investing in some really great cookers. And with the increase in popularity of just this industry, of course, dictates that 
quality products are being made because quality products are being asked for. And now you have a multitude of quality products because everybody wants to be the pit master of their neighborhood or king of their cul-de-sac. Having a very tough time talking in the open here. So we'll talk to Chris about all of that stuff. He's a very accomplished business person as well. And, you know, cooking pellets is a huge business, believe it or not. So Chris Becker coming up in about 11 minutes. And then we will move to 35 past the first hour. And I will turn Steve Ray for two, three total segments, I guess, but twice in the same show, first hour and then second hour. 35 past the first hour, Steve and I will rejoin a talk that we had had. Oh, man, it's got to be four or five years ago. Perhaps it was the first time that Steve's ever been on this show. And it was all spawned because at this time of year, even a few months in advance of here where we are in the middle of July, People are really hitting the competition circuit, getting out and doing catering jobs, and they have these huge trailers and toy haulers. And What do you see on social media? Blew a tire out. Axle fell off. Tragedy on the highways. This tire is going to cost me a grand championship. I'm going to be showing up. I mean, what could possibly happen, or what do you need to do in order to give your best chance at not having this happen, right? And Steve, this, with as much barbecue and grilling knowledge as Steve is packed with, and trust me, just ask him, he is packed with plenty. His real-life profession is that of a service station owner. So he knows maintenance. He knows tires. He knows what needs to be done. And he has seen his lion's share of exactly the pictures that I'm talking about and that we have all kind of come to know and become numb of, which is the axles falling off and the wheels blowing out and all of that. So we will talk a little bit about trailer maintenance, tire maintenance, and what you need to make sure that you have accomplished before you leave for your event or your catering gig or your long barbecue vacation, whatever. So that's Steve Ray. That'll round out the first hour. Then we will move into the second hour. And this is where we turn Steve for the second time in the show. He is, of course, one-fourth, dare I say, 25% of the Embedded Correspondence. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month, so you know we are coming strong with the Embedded Correspondence. Love it. And tonight we have a couple different topics to talk about. One that really gained momentum over the course of the last three weeks amongst our internal chat was hamburgers. We've talked a lot about hamburgers here on this show. We've talked a lot about hamburgers on this show in general over the course of 11 and 12 years. We've had some top-notch people come on and give us their take on hamburgers right from start to finish. Uh, Whole pieces of meat and grinding down and fat ratios and preparation, divots and no divots. Do you want to flip once, twice, 10 times, all that stuff? And for whatever reason, The subject of burgers hit home with the embedded correspondence and myself, and we decided that we would do a little bit of a burger roundtable, if you will, and then we'll also throw in a little legality topic as well. If you're not familiar, I may or may not get to that here in the next few minutes. Uh, If not, then uh, possibly in the second hour. So there you go. Embedded correspondence, second hour as usual. Steve Ray, 35 past. 
the first hour and Chris Becker coming up at about six and a half minutes from now, 216-220-0966. Greg at com. your bits of contact information. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, get at me during the show or off show hours, Instagram and Twitter at BBQ Central Show slash Facebook. If you want to follow me there as well, you can also find a video feed on Facebook. You can also find a video feed on YouTube if you like it there. YouTube, of course, I have uh, the ability to watch a rolling chat on YouTube, so I have a little more eyeball on that. But uh, Facebook Live, if you're happy to leave me a comment during the show, I won't see it as it's happening, but I'll go back through and grind it out after the show, leave replies where I see fit. So it's up to you. Stay there on Facebook if you want or hike on over to YouTube Live. The thing that I found interesting before I jumped on the air was catching a little bit of the Indians game as they're playing Toronto in Toronto and YouTube is carrying Major League Baseball now. They have a game of the week. And it's very weird for the first time to watch a a baseball game and then in between innings, usually you go right to the commercials. You have plenty of time to do whatever it is you need to do, get a drink, go to the bathroom, grab a snack, all of those three things. And all of a sudden, you're watching a game that has zero commercials in it. So as soon as that third out is made, now they're rocking and rolling off of talking to managers and sending their sideline reporter around the stadium. It's unique, interesting, new look. You know, I meant to mention this last week, but getting mentioned on the Howard Stern show was tremendous. And thanking the gentlemen who turned my phone in were much more important than my self-indulgence. By the way, I do want to make a quick correction. I said that the Instagram count of the guy that turned in my phone last week, I said his name incorrectly. It's Manic underscore Vanity, M-A-N-I-C. I think I said Maniac by mistake. I'm the Maniac, not David. But at Manic underscore Vanity is the correct Instagram handle, so go ahead and give them a a follow if you're interested in some cool new urban fashions. Anyway, a week ago, I went to America's Roller Coast, Cedar Point, if you're not familiar, with my youngest, and we rolled all of the roller coasters that were open. There were a couple that were closed for maintenance. She is fearless at 14. I continue to be fearless at a fresh 45-year-old. And I wore my white Barbecue Central Show t-shirt. And can you believe this? Not one person at Cedar Point stopped to recognize me. Didn't stop me. Didn't give me a sideways look. Not one. How can this be? Are you telling me that not one Centralite was at Cedar Point on that very same Wednesday a week and a half ago? I can't believe it. Trust me. I'm as approachable as they come. See my shirt. There's a good chance that if you're in Ohio and you see a Barbecue Central Show shirt, it's probably me. Just walk on over and say hi. I won't even expect that you would want to do anything else than that. I might buy you a drink. You're telling me not one person out of the thousands and and thousands of people that were at Cedar Point, not one person saw my Barbecue Central Show shirt and thought, that could be Greg Rempe right. My ego won't allow me to believe. I'll just figure that everybody was a little too intimidated to just come up and say hi. And I'm here to tell you, very approachable. Very approachable. I'm one of the people. 
Right, we have Chris Becker coming up in just a minute. Hartville Hardware, the 2019 Grill Fest is happening September 21st, 2019, all day long. And yours truly will be the show master of ceremonies all day long. We'll start in the morning. We'll go until the evening. There's Traeger Grill demos. There's Weber Grill demos. There's Big Green Egg Grill demos. Daniel Bennett, DivaQ, will be the one at the Traeger demo. We're still waiting on who's coming up for the Weber. And Big Green Eggs demoer is Lisa Delgado. She is a local Cleveland chef. She does a little private chefing. She cooks for some of the Cleveland Browns. Does a whole bunch of stuff, and evidently she has partnered in some form or fashion with the Big Green Egg. So as soon as I figure out who that Weber person is going to be, I'll pass that along. And again, DivaQ, obviously the main talent pull, aside from myself, And again, I will be hosting the event or emceeing the event. And while the demos are going on, then it's like we're in show. I'm going to be asking Danielle and whoever the Weber rep is and this Lisa Delgado questions as they're cooked. Why are you doing that? Temperature this, temperature that. What's your favorite thing? We'll be taking questions from the audience. September 21st. Come on, get down to Hartville, Ohio. It's the largest hardware store in the world. Hartville Hardware. Google it. Come on. September 21st, we will be rocking and rolling with DVQ and me. And quite frankly, that's all you need, but there's lots of other stuff going on there, too. 30,000 30, square foot grilling fire zone, grill zone. Check them out. Look them up on Google. Hartville Hardware. September 21st for Grill Fest 2019 and cooking pellets is coming up. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. What are the chances? Your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, you visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. In lieu of that, you could also go to Amazon.com if you want. And they are buying out the state of Ohio, believe it or not. There's going to be like five fulfillment centers. Two are going up right now as we speak. So that's CookinPellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com. All right. If that that lead didn't give it away, we are talking to my first guest of the evening, the creator of CookinPellets.com, Chris Becker. CB, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you, Greg? I am doing absolutely fabulous. Great to have you back on the show, Chris, so we can catch up and see what's happening in the world of pellets. So I guess, you know, let's start there from a high level as you look at the live fire industry, Chris. I think, you know, if we look at competition, we could probably sit here and have a conversation of maybe the luster has started to fall off of the competition thing a little bit. But when you look at the backyard and what I see on a day-to-day basis and people that I'm interacting with, the live fire industry, I don't know if it has been more popular than it is right now and has been over the last couple of years. So as somebody who is in it and selling fuel into the industry, amongst other things, how are you looking at it? It's damn busy, Pally. Yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you. 
You know, I got to first, I got to congratulate you over and above on me. Barbecue Central show. I got to tell you, you got you've been around forever. We're a proud supporter, but you've been around forever. And then to get mentioned on Stern, what the hell? I know. Come on. Oh my God. Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, best pallies with Jason Kaplan, show producer. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. That's that's great. Was we great. saw you. Uh, when did we see you? We saw you last. Yeah. No, uh, it was a, was it was a couple a couple NBBQAs ago when we were in Atlanta, I believe. Yeah, that's when. Wow, geez, yeah. it felt like yesterday. Uh, it's it's a whirlwind, Greg. It's a it's it's nutty. So, how's the pellet industry? Yeah, and you know what? It's good. Yeah, yeah. I I can't complain. You know, we're we try to set ourselves off to the side of. Uh, premium. You know, we put it on the bag. Uh, pellets are great. There's a lot of stuff out there that isn't so great, and and I I don't knock anybody's stuff. It's to each his own. But um, you know, we just try making something, and you know, we try making something that's good for everybody. You can't be all things to all people, but we try. So it's good. That's all I'll say. It's it's busy. It's good. We're we're constantly striving to do a little bit different than most others, and I, I think we do that pretty well. So when you're looking at building a pellet for the masses or, I guess, the greater percentage of consumer and trying to stay out of the niche or the premium, perhaps, how do you go about building that pellet that you think gives you the best shot at commanding that market? You know, i got to tell you, it doesn't always work. That's the first <laughs> thing. It's trial and error. And uh, we ca- we came up with a pellet uh, the end of last year. It was a sweet maple pellet. And the pellet was good, didn't travel well. We couldn't get, we couldn't, we couldn't make the pellet good enough to where it stayed together and traveled well. And the problem is we, we don't like dust. So when people get it to their house and the bag's got a lot more dust than our normal product, that doesn't work well for yeah, us. Right. So because of that, and I I think you even got some of those pellets, but Mm -hmm. um, because of that, we we actually discontinued it. And that's not cheap to do, but we'd rather have a better product, something that has low dust, uh, good BTU or a higher BTU than anybody. We have tons of reports to show that. But the point is, we'd rather make a good product and take a product away that doesn't work so well so we only stay up at a level of premium. So, What causes a pellet to degrade in shipping? Is there not enough internal stickiness or, or, or what? You know, it's, it's kind of a collective of things. Simply put, some pellets don't hold or some woods don't hold moisture really well like we when when we make there's three things in in a pellet it's moisture wood and then the lignin or that natural binder that keeps it all together so um and and we have to have moisture so it produces a good smoke obviously you need wood and and then the lignin which is its natural binder that is in all wood and when you make a pellet at 195 degrees uh, kind of exudes out a little bit, and when it pushes through the die at 20 tons of pressure, that's that shiny surface on the outside that keeps mm. it all together mm-hmm. internally and out. That's actually lignin, and um, that collectively, in a weird chemistry way, if you lose sight of one of those a little bit, it kind of goes away. So our problem was uh, the moisture content 
we couldn't keep it up well enough. We thought it was, and then in shipping, and not that it went away, it just didn't make a really strong pellet. So and it makes a pellet that gets dusty, and that just doesn't work. So does that so, pellet have that shiny exterior initially, and it fades? Most, or I mean, do, do you yeah, have most pellets? Yes, most pellets do. You know, through shipping, they get uh, they get you know they're bounced around, they're roughed up. You know that. We have a pretty specific science on how we do our stuff. I mean, our perfect mix has been the same for like seven years now. Mm. And it, it, it it's like a guarded secret between two vaults, a small Doberman and, you know, uh, um, you know, a smaller guy with a machine guy. I mean, we are, we're very protective of it. Mm. But the point is that there's a recipe that we do with everything. And that's what makes the pellet a little better because when people buy it, when you know... It, there's not a lot there, but pellets. There's a little dust. You can't get away from it. It's a natural occurrence in pellets when they get bounced around. But when it gets excessive, we don't like that, so we just stop. So, hmm. uh, do you have a a as it's coming through the extruder? Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah. Is there like yeah. a, a a blade that's like chopping it into predetermined sizes? I, I guess uh, the the yeah. the long way of a, the question is: Do you have a specific size pellet that you shoot for because i assume there's some kind of a, of a shaking uh, thing that happens to separate out one size from the other or something like that too yeah. yeah so in short uh there is kind of a cut blade on it it's a wiper blade and there there's a couple things that happen the mill runs at a certain speed pushes pellets through the die and sometimes pellets are a little smaller Sometimes they're a little longer. Mostly they're of the size of about an inch, inch and a half, inch and a quarter. But sometimes they're smaller when we first start up because we have to get things kind of tuned in to get them all like synced together. So the pellets are still good. It doesn't make a difference whether your pellets are a half inch or an inch and a quarter. They're all going to burn the same. Mm -hmm. There really is no difference. So, But we try getting a consistency for weight that's really what it is if we have too much pellet small ones it'll actually overfill the bag for how the line is set up so you know it's all a part of a you know it's kind of like baking you want to make sure you get a teaspoon not a cup of, of something when it calls for a teaspoon mm. so it takes a little bit of you know that first startup takes a little bit of getting it going and then it makes it perfect the pellets are still good, but sometimes they're a little smaller, sometimes a little longer, depending on when that sweep arm comes through. So. Uh, Chris, there was a, we're talking with Chris Becker from cookingpellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, cookingpellets.com. Uh, I want to ask you about your app here in just a second, but I don't know, it was like a handful of years ago. I think it was still when Mr. Barbecue was, not Doctor, but Mr. Barbecue was still yeah. with Traeger, and there was uh, patents about uh, flavoring oil for wood pellets. Is that like a common practice that you know was that just something that was out there maybe they held the patents and they never actually used anything like that or or how does that so work I, I, so greg i can't i can't verify i can't quantify you know it, it, there's a lot of hearsay so Traeger had this idea of flavoring basewood yes uh, oak and alder and, and oak and alder is fine when it comes to smoking in a stick burner but Kind of, there's a different chemical structure when it gets turned into a pellet. It gets turned into more fuel. 
And that means it's hotter. It doesn't give off as much smoke. I'm not saying it's a bad pellet. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that it changes its profile a little bit different when it gets turned into a pellet. So one of the first things that we discovered, we've been doing this going on 15 years now for pellets, just for the cooking industry. We don't make heating pellets. But what we learned is if you use something that is based and turns into a fuel, it makes for a hotter cook and less smoke. And that's less flavor. So that's, we don't use any oak or alder. Now on the oil side, we don't use that. We don't flavor anything. I've heard that they tried flavoring base pellets of an oak and alder or whatever it was to try getting some, I don't, I don't know what they used, an oil that could have been in hickory oil or a, a cherry wood oil to try getting that taste out of there. I, I don't know if they still do it. I you, you can never hear anything out of the big tea camp, so to sure, speak. Sure, right. But, so, I mean, I didn't know just, I mean, as somebody who was in the industry, and I would imagine that most pellet manufacturers know other pellet manufacturers, if that's oh, yeah. just like a, a thing that's talked about yeah. or a common practice, but I guess not. It's not a common practice. Yeah. We, we do, in fact, we stopped using oils and only use a water uh, to cool. You used to use a, we used to use, a soy oil to to cool a very small amount in per ton, like a quart per ton, to help keep the dye cool. Mm -hmm. And what we found is we can use water to do the same thing. So it's a little bit harder on the dye. We end up turning the dye over and making new dyes sooner because the wood is very hard on the dye. It takes the sharpness away. And sometimes when you get our pellets, sometimes they're uh, blonder, sometimes they're darker. It's the same pellet. The difference is the dye is a little older, so it'll toast the pellet slightly. Hmm. That's really why they get colored. So, But water is the lubricant, pretty much. All right. Uh, Chris Becker joining me here on the show. So let's talk quickly about the app. I tell people during the read you should go and download the app. But from somebody who was uh, obviously a crucial component of the whole app process, uh, what's, the, what's the win to download the free app? So nothing. <laughs> at this point we're at what are you talking about <laughs> this guy's a great sales guy everybody <laughs> oh, i'm such a great sales guy uh, we're actually revamping the app all right so i'll tell you it's not going to be a long stretch before i come back because i mean it's you know we like talking and we need to do this more often i apologize for not being able to but we're actually revamping the app you know the website's been revamped uh, and that was about a year and a half ago, and we're redoing the app. But when we get the app redone, we're going to be offering uh, those app user, sorry, those app users deals that you'll only get on the app, mm -hmm. uh, better deals than you'd get off of Amazon. Uh, I tell you, go to check our dealer page and look for dealers first. Our dealers' cost for pellets are always cheaper than Amazon, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you don't have a dealer by yet, Amazon's a great secondary, but the dealers are always first to go to. Um, and then, uh, as far as the app goes, there's going to be a lot of specials on there that we'll be able to, um, push that we're going to be doing. So as that gets closer to the app being done, uh, some cool stuff, some new things on, you know, how to cook certain things, how to cook certain foods with our pellets, and you'll be able to use the app more, actually use than just kind of scroll through information. Got It'll it. be a usable piece. All right. Uh, so in talking with the pellets, obviously, you know, there are the flagship 
flavors and standbys that you have, but you're also a guy that isn't necessarily content with just sticking with that. You always like to develop something new, or as you had talked about with these uh, maple pellets, try something a little different. There was that yep. uh, apple mash pellet that was out yep. last year or the year before. So what's yep. new in the pellet world for you? So we're we're still working on, you know, we did, we released, and I hate to say it, but, but and we're still working on it, we released a wine pellet. And this isn't a wine barrel pellet, hugely different. A wine barrel pellet, and I'll be the first to say, it gives you no flavor of wine mm. whatsoever. Um, wine barrels have a very little bit of wine that touches the actual barrel. It's kind of like when you buy whiskey barrel pellets. There's yeah. really not a lot of whiskey that touches that barrel, so you're buying oak. Um, we have a different process that we use, and uh, we did a sample of the one of the wine pellet and we got rid of like 12 tons in like a couple of weeks it was ridiculous the problem is our um our supply so we're working at the supply again uh i think we have something that's finalized coming up here close and we're going to start making our wine pellets again so are you buying wine and then making i mean like are you literally buying wine and then somehow incorporating that into the pellet making process? You know, it's damn, I, I got to tell you it's damn it's damn close to that but for right now I got to deal with this. So <laughs> um it, but it, it's kind of like that. Yeah, we're we're doing it a little bit different way, but if it, and I don't know if you try I don't think we sent you any wine pellets when we had it. No. Um and it was very short. I mean, a, you know, a couple of comps used it and and some people really a lot of our base dealer customers had bought up some and and it went in a flash and it was very good and it and it smells and tastes like a wine, but hmm. so we're working on that. We're also working on doing some uh some videos for the website uh, that will go along with blogs. We're looking at a book right now. We're just starting to work on that, and we're yeah, we're doing a lot of stuff. So uh, let uh, me let me ask you. There's a topic that we're going to be running with in the second hour: uh, burgers. So aside from being in the business well, of live fire, I mean, I know you're a fairly accomplished cook because you've done a bunch of videos and all that. So, do you have a favorite way to make a burger? I do. Let's hear it. Uh, I, I will tell you in a quick, a quick and simple. I love uh, so I love prime rib burgers. I, I'm lucky enough to have a local butcher that will actually make me prime rib burgers. He does about a seventy thirty mix, seventy percent prime, thirty percent regular good ground beef, and I then smather it. Once I make the patty, I soak it in, uh, and I make numerous patties, five or six at a time. I separate them with wax paper, mm -hmm. and then I put them in butcher paper and let them sit for a couple of days. But I smather them with a garlic olive oil, mm -hmm. and either one that I make or a store-bought, but a very good garlic olive oil. And uh, I leave it sit for a couple of days. And then I make the burgers and salt and pepper only. And I'm telling you, oof, they're amazing. Do you uh, do you add in any percentage of fat along with the, uh, no, the mix? No? Usually the ground that I get is kind of the fat portion of it. I get a 
70-30. But when I mix when he mixes that with the prime, because the prime mm. doesn't have a lot of fat in it. Mm-hmm. So between the 70-30 and the prime, it's actually a pretty light burger. But then when you add the olive, it's light on fat, I'm sorry. And then when you add the olive oil in there, it kind of adds a little bit of that fat base back to it. I, I'm telling you, it, you got to try mm. just, just, just douse the burger with olive oil. A good flavored olive oil, a Tuscan flavor, you know, Italian herbs or sure. garlic, and then leave them sit for a couple of days and then cook them. And oh my God. So, what's I'm your cooking cold. process? What do you like? Uh, I'm a three and a quarter guy until they're done. And my burgers are, you know, I do a good three quarter inch burger and uh, I like a good medium rare, medium burger. So I'm a 325, 350 guy, mm. and it's about a 20 minute on. So it's not a not a quick process. Che- so, are you a cheeseburger, or like simple condiment guy, or yeah, where do you draw yeah, the line? Yeah, I cheeseburger, and and another thing we can talk about at another time is smoked ketchup. Smoked we'll ketchup. Oh, oh dude, look at you. you! You have no idea. You have no. If I could bottle it, uh, we'd both be bazillionaires because wow. we just advertise it here. So I'm telling you, smoked ketchup. It, oh, you have no idea. Takes takes ketchup to the plane of above awesome. That's huh. <laughs> stupid. All right. Are, now, are you a grilled bun guy? Uh, Toasted no. bun, I guess. No. No, I, I no, I don't. I like a good. In fact, I don't usually eat my meat with uh, a bun. Believe it or not, I'll have. A, a pretzel bun on the side, uh, but I like the meat to its mm-hmm. own. I don't like mixing it, but I, I don't usually put a lot of condiments on it unless it's a black and blue uh, burger, uh, you know, blue cheese, yeah, yeah. black and blue cheese kind of burger that, you know, good, hearty, thick, crispy bacon with blue cheese. That's the only time I put it in a bun. A little bit of smoked ketchup and mustard on there. I'm very light on condiments. I like the taste of the meat. All right, last question, Chris, before I let you go, and I appreciate the time. And this is a huge subject. Actually, Jim EQ and Instant Chat is kind of leading the charge here, but I figure I'll ask it a different way. You're hearing all over CBD oil. Yeah. What CBD pellets are coming down the pike? True or false? So... I will tell you this. Um, that wasn't a quick no. <laughs> C- if you have CBD pellets, the problem is the pellet will burn off the oil of the CBD. I will tell you, mm. I know this for a fact, I'm a licensed grower in the state of Wisconsin. Really? Yes. For pellets? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, I'm a licensed in the state of Wisconsin. Nice. So, um, and and I got to tell you, there's a lot of oily pellets in our place. Hmm. So generally what I find is the pellet will burn off any oil that's significant for a good use. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can do it. I, I don't, I don't think it's worthwhile. I don't think, I think the pellet will burn the oil off. Uh, the heat will burn it off before there's any um, positive outcome of it. I, and I'd be the first one, and trust me, we've played. Yeah. I play a lot with a lot of CBD. I take CBD. I am a proponent. I believe in it 100%. Yeah, me too. We could talk CBD radio. I, I'm on it. I tell you, you know, I'm, I'm 108 years old, and I look good for that. Look so. at you. 
You don't look like a day over 95, for crying out loud. It must be that CBD. Jeez, oh, Pete. Uh, Chris Becker joining me here on the show. The website, of course, cookingpellets.com. Longtime supporter here of this show, which we certainly appreciate. Chris, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Greg. Congrats on the stuff. You got it. Thank you, sir. There he is. That's Chris Becker right there on the Barbecue Central show. Finally, I realized how to get all of my channels in my main feed here keep flipping back layers. Thank God. Again, that's Chris Becker. CBD pellets. I thought that was kind of a throwaway question, but what do I always say? My throwaway questions always seem to garner the best reaction and aren't so crazy. Good job, Jimmy Q. I see Guy the Cooking Sam is in there as well. Welcome, Guy. Hey, why don't you both stop over to Big Papa Smokers right now and stock up for all your barbecue needs, especially with those great spices and rubs. There's 13 in total, perfectly balanced flavors. They will turn your ordinary meals into extraordinary. Also, they are tied up with that Steph Franklin character from Simply Marvelous Barbecue. They have formed the West Coast offense when you use those two products together. Use them however you want and invent your own West Coast offense. They also uh, own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? Why not try Granny's Barbecue Sauce? Now, aside from the rubs and sauces, they are selling a number of different cookers out there. Of course, the Big Papa Drum Smoker, which everybody loves. They also... Or if you have the ability to get a drum itself, you can just buy their conversion kit. They are the exclusive online Mac dealer for the Mac pellet cookers. They even offer special packages. If you are more of a charcoal cooker guy, the Old Hickory Ace BP is the one you might want to look at. It's actually the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. Plenty other ones to choose from. If you're not sure what you need, Give them a call at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. And on a competition note, I think he was off this past weekend, but Sterling has tied up two grand championships in a row. So congratulations to Sterling and James. Go to the website, bigpopsmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, smokers.com. We are back with Steve Ray of Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back to this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning marinades, rubs, injections, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all the Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up right now. Always trust your butcher. And speaking of Butcher Barbecue, Ultawa's own dealer of Butcher Barbecue and the owner of Steve Ray's Midnight Oil, Steve Ray, joining me here on the show. Steve, how are you, buddy? 
Hey, Greg, what's up? What's well, up? I appreciate up? you uh, doing a little double duty here. We're going to talk a little uh, real-life man stuff, and then we're going to turn you back into yeah. the second hour, and we'll do the embedded correspondence stuff. So yeah, this, is, this is the serious stuff. Now, because we're talking about, I mean, certainly one could get their hands on a ill-manufactured pellet or perhaps one that's been soaked in a little CBD oil and it's not exuding the proper effects that you might have been hoping. But this is uh, not, that's not life-changing stuff, but this certainly could be, and we're talking about uh, vehicle maintenance and specifically trailer stuff. As I had mentioned in the open, Steve, you know, this is the time of year, even a couple months ago, you start seeing more and more competitors, the teeth of the summer are now sinking in and they're really starting to hit the circuit. And as you know, Steve, being a competitor, there's not a uh, uh, out of question to go thousands of miles to take part in a barbecue competition and you're driving thousands of miles back home, towing something along behind your big four-wheel drive and now you see the pictures, uh, the tires yeah. shredded, it's uh, tipped over on the side of the road. I mean, things could go awry real quick. And my thought, and I think that's kind of how we originally got together, Steve, was how can I see this many of what appears to be the same thing? There has to be something that can be done to prevent it. And we did a segment a number of years ago, and I thought it would be good uh, to kind of pull back out and refresh it for the folks who are going to be running up and down the summer, or at least for the balance of the summer here, depending on where you live. So um, let's start right off at the top. You have these toy haulers. You have these trailers that yep. are uh, for the convenience of the cooker. And I want to make sure that this thing is in the greatest shape possible. Do you believe, Steve, that people think that this maintenance it just kind of skips the mind or it's not on the front burner for whatever. There's not a wobble or a shimmy or a shake so they just don't think about it until something drastic has happened. Because everything was fine when they pulled back in. You know what got me thinking about this again, Greg, was I uh, was watching on Facebook and Richard Fergal, a Fergalicious barbecue posted pictures. He had a a uh, hub bearing uh, that went off on the, on the trailer brake uh, axle of his uh, cook trailer. Uh, the bearing seized on it. And left him on the side of the road. And you know the uh, the problem with the these cookers or these uh, trailers that we all have is you know they're 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 pretty they're they're heavy anyway. But then we add like uh, like Richard um, he's cooking on a iron mixing forty eight that's nine hundred pounds on the back plus all the stuff that he's got inside that's more weight more weight more weight. And then you build up heat especially on that on on that axle that's got the trailer brake on it. And if you don't have the, if you don't have that thing greased every time you come back in, you're just asking. I mean, you are just asking for trouble. I've got I've got a little picture right here I wanted to show you. Let's see. Let me get on this one right here, Greg. Right there. That's a that's a um, that's an axle, and it is kind of held up. But you can see the galls in it. I don't know if you can. If you can see that, it's it's galled real bad. Do you, do you want me to try it on my side, Steve? Yeah, can you? Yeah, can hold you? on. Yeah, I think I get there you go. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that's fantastic. Um, all those lines in there are are heat lines. That's a that's a good axle. There it is, right there. Huh? That's the bad one. Uh, look where all the nicks and all the galls are in it. It uh, that's where heat has gone. The bearing has seized up on it, and what happens then is that a spindle is no good and you either have to cut it off and re-weld a new one on there mm. or you or, or you, if you have the bolt-on kind you have to take it off and you have to bolt it on there 
But that's a that's the the disaster. Uh, that's like one of the worst ones I've ever seen, right there. So uh, and you know that stuff is avoidable, Greg, just by simply maintaining that trailer. Most of the trailers go back to that other one, that first one that you had up there. It, it looks like the brand new one. And um, see see how nice that one is. It's yeah. got the uh, it's got the buddy bearing on it. It's got the um, uh, the nut out there is real fresh. He's got a cotter pin. He's got a grease fitting. You can see where the grease comes out of the hole. That's a um, that looks like a rear uh, a brake spindle right there. But see the grease comes out of the hole. It goes in and uh, it comes out of the holes and it greases the bearings real good. And it is so easy to maintain because that grease fitting is right on the end. You don't even have to take the tire off the trailer. Huh. And but yet we forget to do that. And um, you know, I've had I've had my trailer uh, probably just two years, and I've already taken the wheels off of it twice. On your and own, inspected on on my food trailer, yeah. And I've inspected the spindles and uh, repacked the bearings. Uh, you know, just hitting hitting the grease ports there, and check those uh, rear the rear the rear axle brakes for any wear. Because I'm telling you, man, when you when you're breaking down and you've got all that. Stuff on that trailer, just like Richard did. It's a disaster. He had to have it. You know, the one trailer, the one wheel was just not enough um, support to take the trailer in to limp it in. He had to have it towed. Mm. And that, uh, that man, gets you talk about expensive. Yeah, no Whoa. doubt about it. Um, so, is there a when we talk about maintenance on cars, uh, for instance, oil change? I think. Well, I'm sure that's up for debate too. But the, the classic mileage is uh, three thousand miles, and then go in and yep. change your order if you have. Partial synthetic, you might be able to roll out a little more. Full synthetic, you might be able to roll out a little more. But let's just use 3,000 just for ease of numbers. Is there a, a certain amount of mileage on uh, tires and, and the wheels and the axles and, and all the stuff that you're talking about yes. that you would want to check? Excellent question. On a, on a trailer, 20,000 miles on the tires. Now, now, they'll look good. But what will happen What'll happen is those trailers, you know, they, they sit more than you're driving. And the worst thing to do for tires is to let them sit mm. because they dry rot. They get cracks in them, especially trailer tires because they're – even though they're radials, they're heavy ply tires. They're usually six or ten ply tires. And that rubber tends to break down, believe it or not, quicker than a, ra- a radial tire on your automobile. And because so much weight is on those tires – they start to get cracks in them, and if you can pull up that one picture I sent of Harrison holding up that um, that tire, I don't know if you've got it or not. Yeah, I got it. Uh, Hold on one second. Yeah, you can there see you where there it is. You can see how that carcass just exploded <laughs> off the uh, off the tire, and the actual the the actual side of that tire, Greg, stayed on the rim, and the carcass actually came off of the tire. Hmm. So you, so this person came in with a trailer, the tire was on the, uh, the, the wheel and the tire was still on the, uh, trailer and the tire, the wheel had the inside of the tire, the, the sidewalls, but that was left that when he came in, we just pulled that off wow. by hand. So that's just like the, t- the top so, cap. Yeah. And you, and you know, look at the tread, you, you'd look at that tread. If you're, if you're doing like a, like a, a walk around inspection, you'd look at that tread and go, Oh, okay. That looks okay. Yep. But but see that the integrity of that rubber broke down, and then kaboom! It all you know when you get a little bit of weight, a little bit of heat, a little bit of speed, that's when they explode, and I mean they will just explode, and um, man, you're on the side of the road. And and I always tell people if a voice from heaven 
came down and said, Greg, if you had paid me 450 bucks, would that have made you not want to be on the side of the road? You'd have said, yes, sir. It would have, mm-hmm. you know, because that's about what it costs. You get all your, your brakes and your bearings packed and that sort of thing. You know, it's uh, it, you say, man, that's a lot of money up front. But then when you're sitting on the side of I-75 between Atlanta and uh, Adairsville, and uh, you're waiting on the record to come, man, you know, 450 bucks, you're thinking that was nothing. I wish I had done it. Is this also a matter of making sure that you have proper tire inflation? And uh, this is going to deviate from the question I just asked, but I apologize, but I don't want to forget it. Is there a easy ability to, uh, you know, once you get this trailer, it's rated for a certain amount of weight, you know, being in the industry, you know, to a certain degree, I think I have a, a good idea here, but if you buy that, uh, like that trailer that's behind you, I assume that's your trailer, you know, that's a certain weight, uh, empty, and then, you know, it can be rated for X, and then you start throwing all this other stuff into it. I mean, are most of these guys pushing overweight? Uh, no, not so much because it is a tandem axle trailer. Yeah. But let me tell you what the biggest mistake is. People look on your trailer, when you buy that trailer, when you look in the owner's manual, it's going to give you the recommended inflation for your tires your tire size is going to tell you what tire size and what ply to run and it's going to tell you what uh amount of air to put in the tire what people do they look on the tire greg and it'll say maximum air pressure 80 pounds yeah that's the maximum that's wrong that's not where you find how much air to put in your tires Mm. you're do you put your air you you'll look at that sticker on that trailer or in your owner's manual it'll say 65 pounds it may say 50. Sometimes they'll even deviate from the front tire to the rear tire. On the front axles, they want 65. On the rear axles, they may want 75. That's very important. You don't want to put the maximum amount of air because that makes those things oblong like an egg, and they will wear out a lot quicker, and the integrity of that tire will break down even faster than if you had to maintain the right amount of pressure. Hmm. Now, uh, I'm seeing some people uh, talking about dry rot in the instant chat room here. So, I mean, that's, uh, again, a thing where you want to keep the trailer moving as as often as possible. Or are there things that you can do to prevent dry rot, like tire covers, if it's going to be sitting or something like this? Yeah, you, you can you can do that, Greg. Some people, like I know when I store mine, I'll put the jacks under it and take the weight off the tires. That certainly helps. But. 20,000 miles on a trailer tire is about all you want. Mm. And I know the big the big teams, they say, that's a year. That's right. That's a year. But what's the difference? If you're, if you're on the side of the road with a tire that's blown out, that's shredded, I bet you wish you'd have bought a tire and it went by the 20,000-mile the 20, rule. That's, they're, not, they're not car tires. They're not built like car tires. They're stronger than car tires. But, but the integrity of the rubber – I don't think is as good as a car tire and they will break down. When we talk about the maintenance here and grease uh, specifically, do you recommend a certain grease like a uh, zero base grease or number two grease or something in between there? Or is that something that the manufacturer is going to call out in their maintenance? No, you're just looking for, you're looking for just LB lube. Uh, it'll come in a grease gun. It'll come in a, a big a 35 gallon barrel. Hmm. Uh, sometimes at your service station, uh, we have a portable gun that we just take out. It's, it's got a hand pump on it. It's very easy to use and you don't, you know, you don't want to load it up. You don't want to get out there and start squeezing and, and it just, that just makes a big mess. And then you'll have 
grease on the outside of your your wheel like it's splattered like something's wrong. It just takes a little bit. But but and that's good to do in between, you know, in in between trips and um, you know, for s- subtle maintenance. But once a year, when you get in, maybe after the comp season's over, pull those wheels off and take those bearings out. And and what I even do is like next year, I'll replace the hub assembly on the front axle on mine and on the brake axle on mine. I'll actually take the whole hub off. I'll go down to the next exit where there's a Northern Tools, and they carry all of these hubs in stock, mm-hmm. and I'll buy them. And it's not a bad idea to go down there and buy them and just take them with you in case you do need them because they're there. You can go down there. You can match them up. They've got numbers on all this stuff that comes off of a trailer has serial numbers on, it, and it's all a universal serial number And in Northern tools. I know everybody's got a Northern tool bomb. They have probably the best selection of mass produced axle parts in the nation and just grab a couple of extra ones, you know, grab a couple of extra um, lug nuts, um, a couple, a hub assembly. Uh, you don't have to get both of them. Just get one. Chances of both of them going out at the same time are very rare. Get one. Get that brake hub. The brake hub is the one. That's the one that goes bad all the time because that's where all the heat is. Mm. Grab a brake hub and, and take it with you. Put it in the box. And um, that way, if you if you do have to make the repair on the side of the road, it is possible if you've got the parts. If the bearing hasn't seized to the spindle, where it won't come off, you can fix that on the side of the road in in a in a time matter of about an hour. So um, you know sometimes that's the difference between uh, being inconvenienced and then having to put that trailer up on a a rollback and spending you know two hundred fifty dollars for the tow just to get to the shop. But is the is the fix easy? Like if we're going, I always try and dumb it down to where I would start. I mean, I think we've all figured out at this point that I'm not necessarily the most handy guy in general we talked about the whole tire thing there a couple of months ago but is this something that you know i would be able to do or i mean do you have to have some kind of wits about you in order to make these repairs number one you'd have to have the right tools okay and 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 i'm a car guy so i take tools with me i've always got the right tools you could you could do it And and the thing about it is you could go on youtube on your phone and you could figure it out if you had the right tools Mm. But even if you had to have the, the trailer towed, Greg, you'd have the part for the technician. Say if it was like a Saturday afternoon and they had their B they had their B technician there in, in the shop. The A guy had gone home. The B guy could still fix it if he's got the part. He can look at the old one, said, Oh, okay, this is how it works. You've got the new one. Oh, okay, this is how it works. Take it off, put it on. The spindle's nice and smooth. Maybe get a little emery paper, smooth up that spindle a little bit. Where that race and that where the race of the Baron will ride on it, and then you're you're heading down the road uh, after your competition's over. You're getting home a little bit late, but at least you're getting home and you don't have to go back to where you left your trailer a couple of days later and pick it up. Steve, where are you going to be competing at for the balance of the year? Anything on the agenda? Uh, yeah, my next one is in actually in September. It is at uh, the 14th at the Blue Gray Competition in. Chickamauga, Georgia, and then we after that we've got the Lamar Johnson Classic uh-huh. here in Ottawa. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Are you still on board with the World Food Championships? Just as a fan, do you like it still? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, I follow it on Facebook. Um, 
and then there's so many posts you can't hardly keep up with it. And, it's, and, it's, and I'm not like everybody else. Some of that stuff confuses me. But uh, I'll keep up with it in Dallas. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm really interested in the barbecue. I think the I think uh, Mike's got the barbecue aspect of this thing figured out now. Do you like the fact that it's moved? You know, almost every year over the last couple of years. I mean, I know it stayed in Alabama for what uh, maybe two or three years, and then it was in Florida for one year, and uh, then it, I think it had moved somewhere else prior to moving from Las Vegas. Who do you think is just growing pains of a new sport? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a business for him, and I mean that's his business, and he's looking for the best deal. He's looking for the biggest bang for his buck, and uh, of all the places he's been, of course Vegas is Vegas is big, but Dallas is uh, it's big in a different way, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think it's a better fit. Orange Beach Orange Beach was is nice, Greg, but it, it's a weird it was a weird place to have that. It, it wasn't. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, tourists that came through there. It's, it was just weird. And I think Dallas is more of a, a city, a big city setting. I think is where he needs to be in Dallas. Sure, you know, it would, I would love, I would love to go down there because it's um, it's going to be cool. I tell you, if you get to go, that you know, the barbecue's fun, everything's fun. But I'm telling you, that kitchen arena, man, that's the place to be. Those guys are talented people. They are fun to watch. Steve, where do people find you if they are in need of maintenance and they happen to be traveling through the greater Chattanooga area? Steve Ray's Midnight Oil right on I-75 on exit 11-643-1111. You can find us on Facebook, Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. You can contact us there, and uh, we're easy to get a hold of. We've got a record service if you need to uh, get towed in. We can help you there. We stock tires. Northern Tools is just down the street where we can grab our spindles and uh, we can get you going. All right, Steve. I uh, always appreciate the time here and a quick grab a quick beverage because we're going to turn yeah. you in about another 15 minutes. Sounds good, Greg. All right, there he is, Steve Ray on the maintenance side of things right now. And then he will turn into the, that's not the right thing, he'll turn into the Tennessee embedded correspondent in about 15 minutes. So. A lot of great information there from Steve. And if you are, again, interested in getting a hold of Steve, Steve Ray's Midnight Oil on Facebook. And if you are uh, happen to be traveling down the highway near Oudawa or uh, Chattanooga, I guess is the big name city that's uh, by Oudawa. Stop in for preventative maintenance, but on the off chance that you are in need of some dire assistance, he's there too. He's a set record, sir. Uh, as Huff Daddy is pointing out in the instant chat, Steve Ray is the second longest running embedded correspondent of the Barbecue Central show. So, that's Steve Ray from Steve Ray's Midnight Oil with the trailer maintenance. Great stuff, and while it's a great learning experience to see you taking pictures of your tires or seized axles. We would rather not have to see that. Let that be a thing that's starting to grow in the past. Do your preventative maintenance. Grease your bearings. Pack your spindles and bearings and your brake axles. and Go to the Northern Harbor Fate and get that stuff so you're uh, ready to make quick repairs. Like Ralphie's dad in the Christmas story. Who always fancied himself on the NASCAR pits. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. 
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. By the way, special thanks to Jason King for the new logo. In case you didn't see, you know, it's uh, taking up the whole picture now. I had obviously pissed Jason off enough, long enough, for him to make me a correction on his own. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Mucho apreciado, muchacho. That means thank you, friend, in Spanish. Look at it. it. takes up the whole screen. Very professional. All right. We are pointing to the second hour for the Embedded Correspondence segment. Refresh your libations, and we will be back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network.